0: As we come into this season that we've gone, we 're coming to the end of Lent. again, we've got to know we all come from traditions, things we 've known, things we grew up with, things that somebody influenced us with. Others are just just getting started, and they don't know one scripture in the Bible. We come into this season that the Bible declares is a very holy time. There are three of the major feasts described in Leviticus that God instructed Moses to instruct the people with. Three of them come in this week, Passover, Unleavened Bread and First Fruits. We come into the season and we say, is it still viable for us? Because it comes every year, it's annual intentionally it's annual and that's the thing about annuals they keep coming many of us know what it is to have a birthday once a year can i have a witness in the house some of us feel like we might have two or three a year we're getting aged too fast but it happens once a year it's an annual we have anniversaries anniversaries of of weddings anniversaries of deaths that we're reminded of someone just Anniversaries that keep pointing out a certain day. Uh, We can't get uh, through September on the 11th without being reminded of 2001. There's these annuals that keep appearing. There are holidays. There's this thing called Christmas that comes once a year. It's annual. And so it is with these feasts. And the thing with annuals is this. Some of them are anticipated. Some of them are just expected. Some of those are dreaded. And some of them just become boring to us. When it comes to Passover, is it something of significance to us individually? Or is it something we just say, can we pass over this now? I've got the t-shirt. I'm ready to move on. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 19. I want you to stand with me. As we read God's Word together and of course this is the reading out of uh, the Gospel of Luke describing what you and I are celebrating today called Palm Sunday. This is the story behind why we still to this day acknowledge the importance of of this moment that would usher in this week of feasts this Passover season. We call it Easter Luke chapter 19, verse 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. And untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You say this, the Lord has need of it. I wonder if that was your little donkey out there and somebody just said that to you. Would you believe him? Verse 32, so those who were sent away and found it just as they had been told, and as they were untying the colt, the owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt There's always somebody in the group, isn't there? Verse 39, and some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered them, I tell you, if if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Thank you again for your word, Lord. Let it speak again to us today in Jesus' name. Before you're seated in person here, would you turn around to somebody and say, It's good to see you. Fist bump them, (laughs) high-five them, air high-five them play footsies together, do something. You know, the responsibility of preaching, especially that of a pastor who, you know everything about me, and I know a lot about you. And with longevity now, it's like, Are we just going to go through the motions? Can't we just pass over this? Or does it still have significance? And why was it designed this way that we recognize it annually? There are some here today that are Jews. There are others, of course, most of us that were not born Jewish, but we would fall into the second category of the conglomerate of just being known as Gentile. Here again is the story those of you that's had the privilege of being raised in church somewhere We remember this story very well it's one of our favorite stories because it's lighthearted and it's fun and we see people just rejoicing and and We through our children's ministries and Sunday school classes over the years the children have had the privilege of having palm leaves himself and putting it down and and just going through the the motions of that and That's the story here. These people were so moved because they'd been anticipating the Messiah. And now, of course, Jesus has done so much ministry in the region that there are many that believe he's the one we've been looking for. There's still others that are holding out on that decision, but they want to follow the crowd just to see if they can pick up something else. No different than today. Some would say, yes, Jesus is very personal. Others of you would say, I'm still kind of watching you. I'm watching these people that say they love Jesus. Do they really love Jesus, and do they act like they're people of love? Amen. Amen. In other words, can we see Jesus in his followers? And here we are again, so Jesus is riding there. They're taking their coats off, and they're cutting palm prongs down and putting them on the ground. And now they're watching him ride in on this, this young donkey. No one's ever rode it. It's not broken, and yet he's riding into the city. See, this is the thing about reruns. Sometimes they are wanted and desired, sometimes they're not. You know, when it comes to annuals, when you come into the Christmas season, how many knows you've got to watch White Christmas at least one time? Yeah. And when we come into this season, there are certain movies now with a lot of age on them, but uh, we still watch The King of Kings, and we watch Ben-Hur. There are reruns uh, some say I'm not going to watch it any other time of the year, because by the time I watch it again next year, annually, as a tradition, I'll feel like I've forgot a lot of it, and I need to be refreshed on it. There are other things called reruns in movies that uh, it's like you can never get tired. I wonder how many John Wayne fans we have in the house. Now, you're telling your age if you've raised your hand, because the younger generations have no idea who John Wayne was. That's because you've been indoctrinated. And so again, so it is with, with reruns. some are nostalgic. When it comes to this season that we're in, as far as churched people, we think over our lifetime, no matter what your age is, if you at least got a few years on you, until COVID hit, we looked at this being a very evangelistic time and all kinds of programs, a lot of pomp, a lot of splendor. We, in years past, Major parts of our budget were poured into cantatas and into passion plays. And we've had, of course, along with this season, there are certain traditions that lead into Easter week. And some of that's about prayer, and some of it's about the furthest thing from prayer, because we've got to color some eggs, don't we? And it's a time to get new clothes. Can I hear an amen? The clothing industry would love to hear you and see you buy new clothes this year because COVID shut a lot of that down. And so we, how many ladies remember wearing Easter bonnets? (laughs) Again, in past years, we've seen a lot of effort, family gatherings coming into the season. But there would be others say, can't we just pass over it? This Passover thing, can we just Passover? And then we come into the reason why we can't. Because the Passover that we really remember is not so much the first Passover as the death angel was moving through the Egyptians and the Israelites. And those who had applied blood over the and the post of the door, and the lintels of the doors, the death angel passed them, but without that blood being present, the death angel would take out the firstborn. That's not the one we remember. We remember the one Jesus was involved in. Because he was honoring the feasts that were annual. And in that, again, we're reminded of all that was being accomplished and to kind of help us grasp the magnitude of this is scholars theologians have looked at the prophecies that would mark the one that truly was the messiah some of the most conservative numbers would be somewhere around 300 prophecies were declared of the individual who would be known as messiah Peter Stoner with Pasadena University gathered with 600 students together, and they thought they would study this thing out. And they said, let's just see about these prophecies, that if even just eight of them were fulfilled in one person in a lifetime, what would that mean? As the study would go on, you realize that if you took a a coupon and you marked it, and you put it into a bowl with nine others, in other words, having a total of 10, and you blindfolded someone, and they would reach in and stir it and pull one out, they had a one in 10 opportunity to pick the right coupon. That was marked. But to have eight prophecies fulfilled in one personal lifetime is one to 10 to the 17th power. What does that look like? And what Peter Stoner and these students found out is to give us a visual, get ready for it, that you could take silver dollars and place them touching each other side by side and cover the entire face of the state of Texas. Over and over till it was layered two feet deep and then go in and stir it up wherever you can, just hire all kind of people, get the volunteers to come together and stir all them silver dollars. He had one marked in all those silver dollars and ask someone to get in any kind of vehicle they wanted to and go anywhere in that state. They could dig down, but to find that one marked silver dollar is one times 10 to the 17th power if only eight prophecies were fulfilled. Wow. We know that Jesus fulfilled not only eight, but all of the prophecies concerning the Messiah. How important is Jesus to us? Again, back to this story, not only did we have the visual of them putting their cloaks and palm leaves on the ground, but they were singing. And they were crying out in loud voices, Hosanna! Hosanna! Which simply means, save us now. We see you as the one. You are the Messiah. That's why the Pharisees were a, a little nervous with the crowd. We don't want this one to be the Messiah. Matter of fact, you'll find in John eleven fifty-seven. 57, where the Bible says that they had got their groups together and they said, follow this Jesus and tell us where he's going to be because we're going to arrest him. And with that common knowledge, Jesus still rode into the city, not on a stallion, not in an armored tank, not in an armored chariot for that time. He came riding in on a donkey, knowing that there were those lying in wait to arrest him you see the crowd was crying out hosanna we need you hosanna save us you're the one there was a frenzy there was a stir and yet this cry came out not only of shouting in the moment but as these pharisees had the audacity to finally get to jesus And him knowing their plot, they said to him, you need to settle the crowds down. You need to get them to be quiet. What was his statement to them? And what's important for us to remember of all this? He said, if they won't do this, if they won't cry out, if they won't praise me, the very stones will cry out. Now we've written songs about this particular phrase and I don't want to take away from any of the lyrics that's been given because I think it is germane that any old rock could be used but I am convinced that what Jesus was saying in this moment was simply this it wasn't just rocks on the ground it was the stones in that temple He was passing by it if people won't praise me, those rocks will cry out. But they won't be crying out in rejoicing. They'll be crying out as a witness of the pain when there's silence, that we don't recognize who he is. Wow. It is a good word, because there's only one other reference in Scripture, and you'll find it in Habakkuk. In the same description of stones crying out, in that case, it was a, a structure, a house, giving witness to the abuse that had been going on in the house. You see, those very stones that Jesus talked about would cry out eventually in 70 A.D. when they were one stone cast down upon another. You see, people forgot the praise and the silence was deafening where the stones cried out. Why don't the people praise? Why don't the people praise? So as we come into this Passover season, do we just pass over it? Or do we say, no, it's something anticipated, something we're looking forward to. There's a simple thought I'll close with, and simply this, what is this Passover season to us? And it's kind of just how we communicate through writing is this Passover simply a comma? One that, of course, that we, we stop and we pause and we think and then we just move on? Or is this season a period that we were looking forward to it and, and expected something, but then we just kind of came up with a period that it's just an empty ritual? Or is this season... Distinguished as a question mark. I just don't really know what it's all about. And with that's the thing about questions. Sometimes it's inquisitive questions that are good. And sometimes it's just a question to get me past the moment. Or we finally ask ourselves, but can it be an exclamation point? To where with gratitude and with praise I give him thanks. Let me close with this. These feasts, they're not just Jewish feasts. The Bible never describes that. They're feasts of the Lord. When they were crying out Hosanna in the streets, you see, what they were doing was actually singing traditionally the Hallel. That's Psalms 113 through 118 in your Bibles. Matter of fact, when they would gather together for the Seder, This is exactly what Jesus would have done Is what we know as the Last Supper. They would have sung the first two songs and psalms of ascent, Psalms 113 and 14, and then they would have dined together. And then as they were leaving, we know what Jesus was singing as he was going to Gethsemane. It was 15, 16, 17, 118 of those psalms. Songs of ascent, psalms of praise, psalms of what God does. But these feasts, Jesus fulfilled them. Passover was his death. Unleavened bread was his burial. And first fruits, thank God, was his resurrection. Would you stand with me today?